rest should equal restoration. And so true rest has to restore something. So whenever someone tells me, oh, I rested on the weekend, the first thing I ask them is what got restored? Welcome to another episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast, where we have ridiculously practical conversations about health and leadership. I'm one of your co-hosts, Alan Briggs. And I'm David Bloom. And we are excited that you're joining us today. We talk a lot about rest and Sabbath, and I read a book a while ago called Sacred Rest, and I've been slowly digesting it, and it is good stuff. It tracks so closely along with our heart for rest and for Sabbath, and today is a really practical look into what's behind what we talk a lot about. So unfortunately, we all understand the symptoms of a lack of rest. Tiredness, um, we're feeling burnt out, we're feeling like um, we want to give up in our leadership or in our current situations. And so we get the symptoms, but what's cool about this conversation with Sandra is we're going to dig down into the root of what are the causes behind this restlessness. She comes from a medical background, and so she's going to come at it from a totally different place that I think is going to give us so much insight into um, really what happens when we don't rest and then how we can practically rest. So I hope you enjoy my conversation with Sandra Dalton-Smith. Well, thanks for joining us for another episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. We are so excited because we have Dr. Sandra Dalton-Smith on um, with us, and she is going to talk about one of our favorite topics, which is rest. And she's going to come at it from a different perspective than we usually hear about it. Not only does she have the spiritual perspective from her faith, but also a, a medical background. And she has an active medical practice in Alabama. And so she comes at it from a unique perspective on not just the emotional, spiritual side of things, but also how much rest is important to us from a physical standpoint, um, how important we need it as human beings. So Sandra, we are so excited that you are joining us on the podcast. Thank you for being here. Thanks for having me. Excited to be here. Well, um, to jump in, you have that unique background of that blend of medicine and faith in your story and your profession. Can you just share with us a little bit about your story and how you blend these two things together in your life and in your practice? Well, in my practice, it's really started off with, I think a lot of doctors get patients who are coming in with these very vague symptoms. And the number one symptom is that they're tired all the time. And I, for the longest time, I tried to help patients with what I learned medically in medical school about making sure they're getting enough sleep, checking all of their lab tests to make sure the thyroid's okay. They don't have any type of underlying conditions like diabetes or hypertension. And what I was finding was that so many people were complaining about this and everything was completely normal. And so I would have to come back to them and say, well, I can't find anything wrong with you, but it was very obvious that they were, they were drained. They were, they were tired all the time. They weren't getting high quality sleep. And so it was probably maybe three or four years into my practice that I started having these same symptoms. And it really shifts when you're the patient, because then you start looking at it from a different standpoint, because you can, you can see just the ins and outs of that particular disorder. And so when I got to my own stage of burnout, that's when things really changed because I knew that that wasn't how the human body was supposed to feel. You know, I had enough medical background knowledge to know that 
it has to be better than that, that the body is trained to be able to heal itself. And so if the mind, the body, the spirit, all of these things weren't getting to a place of wholeness, then there was something that was missing. And that's the journey that really led me down looking at rest. And now what I do is whenever I have someone who comes into my practice and they say I'm tired, I no longer just jump straight into all the tests. I do what's necessary to rule out the big things. But then I start having that conversation with them about really what type of rest do you need? What type of tired are you? Are you spiritually tired? Are you emotionally, sensory, you know, creative? Where is the fatigue coming from? Because all of it's going to make you say you feel tired, but really until you identify which type of fatigue you have, you can't correct it. Hmm. How have people responded to that kind of new line of questioning and digging into those symptoms? Have they responded well to that? Yes, because most of them, I'm kind of their last resort. <laughs> I, I get so many people who are who come and they say, you know, I've tried everything. I've been on the sleep aids and yes, I can, I can go to sleep, but I'm still tired even after getting eight hours. And to me, that is a huge clue that it is not just physical rest that you're needing because sleep should help heal the physical, but it's not going to heal the, the spiritual or the sensory or the social. It's not even going to touch on any of those things. So when someone tells me that and I give them kind of a bigger picture, kind of the, the, from, the, from the clouds view of what's going on, that's when they start seeing the, how it connects. And it's been wonderful to just see how it's helped people within things that you wouldn't think rest would affect, like their marriages, strengthening their relationships by learning what social rest is, or even increasing their ability to be creative and innovative in their jobs to help them get promotions because their creativity has peaked because they now understand what creative rest does for them. Oh, that's so good. Well, and your story is a lot like most of our stories that we don't necessarily start looking into something until we experience it ourselves. That that burnout, that fatigue, that um, lack of creativity, that lack of um, social rest. And so thank you for sharing that. I think that's a common theme and thread throughout most of us that enter into leadership is once we experience it ourselves, it becomes real and we start to press into it. Um, we want to dig into um, some of the layers of rest that you share in your book, Sacred Rest. Can you, without giving away the whole book, can you give us um, an intro into the seven types of rest that you talk about in your book, Sacred Rest? Yes. Well, I'll just name the seven and then we can kind of go into any of the ones that maybe are, that are not as self-explanatory. Um, so the seven are physical, mental, emotional, spiritual, social, sensory, and creative. And I think most of us have down the physical, mental, spiritual. That's We've heard about that. We are familiar with it. We may or may not be getting it, but we at least know that they exist. It's the emotional, sensory, social, and creative that I'm finding that people are, are not even oftentimes aware that it's a type of rest they need. So their deficiency goes untouched. And so that's, those are the four that I like to, to focus on with most people who come into my practice. Yeah. Yeah. That was the question I was going to ask is, you know, which type of rest do you believe we neglect most often as, as busy Americans and maybe why, why do you think we neglect those areas um, as a culture? Well, you know, rest for most of us, we've been kind of taught if you're a high achiever or someone who likes to to always be producing and likes to accomplish things or a goal setter rest for our culture has been identified as being lazy as, mm. as being as if you're not doing something as inactivity 
we, we have classified rest in such a narrow box that it's lost its effectiveness, not because it's not powerful, but because we're not using it in a powerful way. And so, you know, when, when your definition of rest is, is comprised of sitting on the couch on Friday night or Saturday and watching three hours of Netflix reruns, <laughs> you know, and then you say, well, I rested on the weekend, but I'm still tired Monday morning. That's because your definition of rest really hasn't tapped into the potential of rest. And once we tap into the potential, then we open up an entire, uh, an entire world of healing because we can see it in a way that allows us to restore where the deficits really are. And for most Americans, we are just, we're, we're production-based and not really looking at the big picture. We, we feel like if we are producing much, then we should be happy. And we all know that's not the truth. <laughs> you can be highly productive, a very high achiever, and be miserable and fatigued and overwhelmed and drained because we're not taking that time to rest, reflect, and actually enjoy the things we produce. Yeah. Uh, oh man, busyness and overwhelmed and, and stress, those become a badge of honor that we um, are almost proud of in conversation, even though they make us miserable underneath mm -hmm. the surface. And so how do you think we cut through that? How um, can we reframe the conversation on rest? Because um, I think we all know we need it. Like we feel those symptoms, but it seems like we push against it. We kick against it because of those cultural mindsets and, and preconceived notions. How, how have you found ways to, to kind of cut through that, that cultural narrative? And that's a great question. And I'll use myself as an example, because in medical school, you know, you're, you're taught to, that you don't need rest. Hmm. Uh, just the way residency is even constructed is that you're functioning off, you know, you may work 36 straight hours with no sleep while wow. you're dealing with people's lives, yeah. which if you think about it, makes absolutely no sense. <laughs> Who wants a doctor, you know, making life and death decisions on a mind that is tapped out? <laughs> I, that makes no sense, but that's the culture we live in. So for me, I've, I've really had to rethink how I view what rest does in my life. And so whenever I have those times when I, when I kind of get into my productivity mode and I'm more focused on, you know, I want to accomplish this and I want to get this checked off my to-do list and I want to do that. Mm -hmm. And I start feeling that overwhelming drain hit me again. The first thing that comes to mind is, do I just want to get it done or do I want to get it done with excellence? And do I want to get it done in an effective way? Because if you think about most of the time when we're pushing through to get things done, the quality of the work is not as good as if we went about the work full of energy, full of life, full of creativity. And I don't just want to produce. I want to produce good things. I want to produce things that are effective and potent. And that can't happen if I'm depleted. I mm. can't pour into the lives of my patients, my family, or anyone if I'm depleted. Yeah. That's so good. And we talk about it, um, not just resting from work, you know, that, that self-medication, that vegging out, but working from rest because you have more effective work. It's more beautiful work. It's more creative work. It's generally more energe energetic and life-giving work if we're doing it from a space uh, of rest where we're working out of rest. So that's, that's so good. So, I mean, it's, we're kind of, you know, shooting ourselves in the foot when we choose not to rest if we want to be productive, if we want to reach those goals, if we want to be successful or whatever we're going after. So that's, that's so good to kind of keep in front of us. Um, a lot of our listeners, myself included, are in leadership, in ministry, in a lot of caregiving professions. 
what type of rest do you believe we most neglect in caregiving professions and that we need to, to, to be aware of? Um, either pastors, ministry leaders, doctors, nurses, anyone who's, who's looking after folks? Well, one of the big ones that I find for caregivers usually is emotional and social, with social being probably the number one. Mm. Just because when you are dealing with a lot of people, you are constantly being pulled on. And what I talk about when I'm helping people kind of understand this is that everyone in your life is either drawing from you or pouring in you. And it doesn't mean they're a bad person if they're drawing from you. It's just their positioning in what in their your life. So your kids, your spouse, those can be people that draw from you at times because they're needing things from you. And then they can also be the people who pour into you. So at any given moment, when you're starting to feel kind of drained or disconnected, and you're spending a lot of time dealing with other people's problems or concerns, then those people are drawing from you. And so in, in healthcare, in caregiver situations, in ministry, you're getting pulled on a lot and you're pouring, pouring, pouring. But you have to keep in mind that for social rest, there has to be those people in your life that are life-giving, that are pouring back into you. And so we, we want to make sure that we're available for all the people that need us. And we fail to realize that we need to be poured into as well. So it's, it's, I always recommend that people have at least those one or two people that, that, they, that are life-giving to them, that that's how they identify their position in their lives. And it could be a best friend. It can be a spouse. But if that's the case, then it needs to be, you need to set aside the time so that you're, you're spending that eye-to-eye contact, face-to-face time with that person. The one thing that I find that has been an interesting development with the book is I'm getting a lot of emails from husbands where their wives have read the book and are, are following just this one, this one very simple um, social rest recommendation, which is to spend five minutes face-to-face, not looking at your computer, not watching TV together, not just in the room together, but face-to-face asking each other about what happened during your day, just having a real conversation. And what's come out of that is how little time we spend face-to-face with our spouses. Most of the time when we're face-to-face is actually when we're arguing or when we're dealing with tough things like bills or you know hard decisions. But that face-to-face time is how we actually fell in love in the first place, but we don't do it after we've fallen in love and gotten married. So it's been really interesting to see just how that social rest can manifest in so many different ways and how beneficial it is for those of us who care for others to receive that, that type of rest. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. And I, I love that you're getting feedback because it's so crazy how much even this kind of simple concept of rest affects all these different areas of our life, not just our career, not just, um, you know, you know, our, our physical level of tiredness, but our relationships. It's so important to, to all of those things. So what do you think are some big hurdles um, that cause us to be restless right now, whether it's cultural, whether it's personal, whether it's relational, what are some, some reasons why we are restless as a culture? I think it has a lot to do with just the, the mindset of people who rest has, are almost weak. Mm-hmm. That's the mindset that a lot of times that our culture puts out there. And so we, we fight against our need for rest even though we can see the detrimental effects of not having it, 
uh, you know, we, we have spent so much time over the past five years talking about a sleep revolution. That's been a big conversation mm. about people need more sleep. That'll help them be more effective. Um, and we're still tired. <laughs> we're getting more sleep. We, the, you know, the sleep aid, aid companies, pharmaceutical companies are making big bucks, millions of dollars off of sleep aids and people are still restless. Mm. And I think that's because really until you start having those times for reflection, you know, the work we do is great, but the benefit from the work we do, the enjoyment, the, the fulfillment, the satisfaction, all of those things are found in rest. They're found when you have a chance to back away from it, to evaluate, to be able to see where you've come from, to see where you're wanting to go. Those things don't happen in constant activity. They, hap they happen in the, the pause. And so at this point, most people are refusing to pause. So they keep running towards something and they don't know what they're running towards because they haven't evaluated it yet. Yeah, yeah. Well, in, in chapter 11, you talk about how rest can be messy because it reveals things about us we'd rather not know. And I know that's true in my life, that solitude and silence and rest can be scary because you're left with your own, your own thoughts. And so I'm sure this research has had a personal effect on you. How have your rhythms of life changed since writing this book on rest? It's changed everything. I, I would probably say my schedule now is busier than it has ever been. And I feel more energized and more at peace and more equipped to tackle that schedule than I did when I had a fourth of the activity with no knowledge of what rest is. Because I think that's what a lot of people don't realize is that when you learn how to live a lifestyle of rest, it's not about needing to take a, a, some prolonged sabbatical vacation or doing some type of uh, ritualistic thing to find rest. It's daily evaluating where, if I'm depleted, where am I depleted at? And then making an intentional effort to restore that specific type of rest that you that you're needing in that moment, so that you don't let these things linger for prolonged periods of time. So every day you start off energized, even if the day is full. And at and when you go to bed at night, your mind's not racing because you don't have a mental rest deficit. You've learned how to shut it down and actually have high quality sleep, so your body gets restored in that stage three and stage four non-REM sleep, you, you start getting the full benefits of what a well-rested life looks like. Oh, that's so good. Um, yeah, it's just, it's once you start implementing it in your own life, it's absolutely changed. I know it has been for myself as well. And we um, at Stay Fort Designs, we coach and we consult. And so we have folks that come to us on the edge of burnout. They are in mm -hmm. the midst of a restless life, of the symptoms that a restless life brings. So when a leader comes to us at the edge of exhaustion or burnout, where would you say um, we should start in that coaching process? I, this is what I do with my own coaching clients. The very first thing I have them do is to take a rest deficit assessment. Um, mm -hmm. And I offer one free at restquiz.com where they take the assessment they find out what their, what their score is for the seven types of rest. That way they're not looking at this rest picture as, oh my God, I've got seven things I've got to, <laughs> to fix. And, and it helps them to see, oh, you know, I, I have two that are really high that need to be addressed at this yeah. time. 
or I'm, I'm borderline on most of them, but you know, this one is, is the key to kind of shifting things in my life. Because then once you can identify where to begin, you just focus on correcting those areas and then you reevaluate and then you focus on whatever else is popping up. And what happens is it's just like with any type of exercise, after you've done this a while, you can start sensing when you need a certain type of rest. For mm. example, the other day I was sitting down to, to write a blog post um, to send out to my subscribers. And I sat down and I could uh, not a single thought could come to my head. I couldn't <laughs> think of anything to talk about. And, and in that moment, I thought, you know what? I need creative rest. I hadn't, it had been freezing cold here. So I hadn't been outside with my normal walk. It was all on the treadmill. So, you know, I wasn't getting those, those kind of creative rest cues that I like, the appreciation of beauty and the awakening that comes just from being around nature. So just spending 20 minutes outside walking, and even though it was freezing cold, I still was able to get that benefit of just that creative rest, that appreciation of nature, that pause, that slowing down in the moment to allow the creativity to, to not be forced up, but just to come naturally just from, just from the appreciation of beauty and nature. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, you just shared about um, you know a, a quick walk, jogging that creative, that creative spirit in yourself. What are some really practical tips that you have for leaders to lean into rest in the busyness of their life? What are some other tips that you've seen either in your life or um, that you've encouraged others? Some of the key things that have really just revolutionized my day, um, and I work in an office like like most people where you're in some type of setting, uh, whether it's a home office, because some of my work is done at home with the coaching versus my medical practice. But I spend a lot of time in a chair. So for those of us who are spending time in a chair or on a computer for prolonged periods, one simple tactic for sensory rest is to be aware that flow break cycles will help prevent those things that we, that we become overwhelmed with, the eye strain, the tension headaches, the clenching up the jaw that a lot of us do when we're thinking and concentrating, all of those things, when you practice flow break cycles, and just to make that kind of simplified, what a flow break cycle is, is for every 90 to 120 minutes, you are purposely taking a, a break, a rest break. And when I say a rest break, I don't mean just like you're just stopping all activity, but you are, you're doing something to restore. Rest should equal restoration. So that rest break should be intentionally restoring something. If it's the senses, then you may sit in the silence with, the, with your eyes closed so that you break that concentration from the screen to your eyes. It could be getting up, so changing position so you have some body fluidity. You're moving the circulation in your legs around to maybe go grab a glass of water or to go to the bathroom or whatever. But you're purposely doing something to restore some area of your body, mind, spirit, or emotions. And so when you do that on a, on a cyclic schedule where you're doing it every, let's say, 120 minutes, you're constantly aware of whether or not you have neck pain. And then you correct it before it's five o'clock in the evening. And now the pain is so severe, you're having to take a, a, a dose of a medicine to make it better. So you're living a lifestyle of rest by actively doing that. And some other things include if you have an, if you work in an office where other people or coworkers are there with you and one of your life-giving people, the people who help you, maybe they're, they're funny and they, they make you laugh or they just have a great personality to, instead of sending them that quick text, like we often will do, or that quick message on our computer, 
to actually physically get up and walk to their office to have that conversation. A lot of studies are showing that we are a generation that is losing the power of presence because most of our interactions are virtual. And so we lose that power of eye to eye contact and presence. And you see that a lot in social media when someone will say something and it'll be taken completely out of context because we don't have the benefit of their voice inflection, what their facial facial expressions look like. And so we, we need to get back to that ability to be eye to eye with people and to just to receive from their presence. Yeah, those are great. Thank you for all the practical tips, because there is so much that we can be doing throughout um, our day that we don't want to just crash on the weekend, but there's practical things we can be doing throughout the week to be living a restful life. Um, do you find that this is cyclical, especially when you're assessing your own life? Like when you're going through new seasons where things change, um, you have a kid, you have a new job, um, you have new responsibilities that are added onto your plate. Do you find that you are constantly having to reassess these areas of your life to see where you're not resting? Yes, I definitely think that's a, that's a huge part of it. And the, the way you determine whether or not you are functioning under a rest deficit is if the word, if someone asks, how are you doing? And the thought that comes to mind is I'm so tired <laughs> and you're, you know, you went to bed, but you're just, you're so tired. You wake up the next morning and you're still so tired because at that point it's, it's not just physical. And so, you know, if you have a new child, yes, you may have be maybe in a season where you're not getting much sleep. And so then, yes, it may be physical because you physically are not sleeping. But if you're someone who's getting eight hours every night and your kids are teens, then you may be experiencing more of a kind of social and emotional type rest because now you are having to deal with people who have grown up minds and you're having to relate to them as their parent. So, um, and still try to build a relationship with them. So, so as relationships change and as our interactions with others change, it also changes kind of how we're, how we're pulled on, where we're drained at and the parts of us that get uh, incorporated in our daily expenditure, our energy expenditures. Yeah. Oh, that's so good. How can our listeners follow along with, with what you're doing and track along with, with what you're up to? The best way to contact me is directly through my website at ichoosemybestlife.com. And on there, they're able to get access to the rest quiz as well as all of the different free resources. We'll link that in the show notes. So if you're listening, go ahead and look in the show notes in the podcast description and you can find that link directly and go uh, follow along with what Sandra's doing. So one, one question that we always like to close with because we want to be practical and we want to help leaders get healthy so that they can lead for the long haul so they don't become another burnout statistic. So what advice, paradigm shift, habit, or tool um, would you leave with our listeners to help lead for the long haul? And it could be okay, if they're feeling tired, which I bet a lot of our listeners are saying, yes, amen, I agree with everything you're saying. I do feel tired even when I get eight hours of sleep. What would you point them to? What would you recommend as their kind of first next right step? Well, the the paradigm shift really is it's what I finally had to come to the realization of as well is that rest should equal restoration. Hmm. And so true rest has to restore something. So whenever someone tells me, oh, I rested on the weekend, the first thing I ask them is what got restored? Because if you can't tell me whether you're you physically, mentally, emotionally, spiritually, 
socially sensory rise or creatively was restored, then it wasn't true rest because one of those seven had to be restored for it to, to it to be qualified as rest. And then once you start restoring those areas, you're able to be more productive. You're able to, to lead better because you're not leading from a place of stress. You're leading from a place of rest. Oh, that's so good. Is your rest restorative? And I think we can all look at our lives and we might think we're resting. Um, but if we're truly honest with our rest, is it restorative or is it an escape? Is it self-medication? And I think um, that's a great, great paradigm shift and question for us to wrestle with. So Sandra, um, we'll have uh, your information in the show notes. Um, Thank you so much for sharing with us all your wisdom, your background, um, just the beautiful insight that you have on rest. And um, yeah, guys, um, please pick up Sacred Rest. It is a beautiful read. There is so much wisdom. Uh, it's one that you have to read slowly and read over again because there's going to be so much that you want to apply to your life. So thank you for listening to this episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast, and we'll see you in the next episode. Man, what a good conversation with Sandra. Uh, so much wisdom there. I remember as I started reading through the book, it was just all tweetables. I mean, there's almost as much underlined in some of the chapters as is not underlined. And the idea of learning about seven different types of rest has blown my mind. I think through different things that I didn't before. Uh, and honestly, I had not read a book this paradigm shifting in quite a while. I love a quote she says. She says, rest is a taste of heaven. This is what we've been missing. This is what we've been seeking. And I think we're looking for that kind of rest. We're looking for that kind of break, for that kind of reprieve, uh, but we don't know where to find it. And this really helped me to figure out maybe I'm lacking in some different ways. And she talked about a rest assessment that we'll put in the show notes, and that can help you figure out uh, like it has for me in many of the areas that we don't think about. She talked about creative rest, and this is really fascinating as she says, that by far creative rest is missing um, more than the other ones in, in many of the other areas. And the healthy people that she encounters are figuring out creative rest. So I absolutely love the book and the conversation. If you're listening along, there's so many action steps that you guys can take. And of course, pick up the book uh, for yourself. But one of the interesting things that I, I found in this book based on the idea of creative rest is you could actually be active while you're doing it. You could actually be out for a run. You could be out hiking. That's something that I really enjoy doing. And so rest isn't just sitting on the couch. And many times what we think is rest is actually just crashing. Maybe we're numbing out to Netflix. Uh, And so I just really appreciated uh, all of her takes on that and the creative rest piece of that. I can't say enough uh, about how important it is for us to figure out the areas where things are missing to lean in to those other areas and to really assess, am I getting enough rest in those spaces? Uh, The social rest piece of that. I think in caregiving professions, we just ignore that many times. We're around people and their needs all the time. And Jesus was escaping the demands of the crowds many times to go back and listen to the Father. And so even though he was there in the safety of the team, you have a ministry team, you have people you feel safe around, and then you have others who are constantly needy. And so this book has so many different applications for us. In fact, I hope to have Sandra back on the podcast. There's so much gold here. You can't grab it in one episode. 
And as usual, we don't want to just give you guys good content, but we want to give you some practical steps. So here's a couple questions to leave you guys with. First, which type of rest are you lacking in your life? Which type of rest that Sandra talked about are you lacking in your life? And then the second one is, what's your next step toward finding that rest in your, that area of life? What's your next step toward finding that rest in that area of life? So wrestle with these questions, process these questions, journal these questions, talk to your spouse or friends about these questions if you're unsure about them. But we just want you to process through this so that you can take steps towards finding that rhythm of rest in your own life. And as always, if you've enjoyed this podcast, if you found these conversations valuable, please consider subscribing so you get uh, notifications for every new episode that comes out. Also rate and review us on iTunes or whatever platform you listen to and feel free to share it with friends. Please share it with friends and leaders um, who might find this content valuable. We love seeing leaders get healthy so that they can reach more impact. So thanks for joining us on this episode and we'll see you in the next episode of the Right Side Up Leadership Podcast. So long.